Thank you for joining us for this week's sermon. Today, we are continuing our sermon series titled, A Simpler Way, and we'll be looking at the text, Luke 7, verses 36 through 50, and the theme of forgiveness. In this sermon, Renus looks at the story of the woman who anointed Jesus, and the contrast we see between her and Simon the Pharisee. We then explore God's grace to us, which covers our wrongdoing through the sacrifice of Jesus. The response to this grace is gratitude for what has been given, which flows out into generosity, freely giving to others the forgiveness which Christ gave us. Happy Father's Day to my fellow dads. Um, My daughter, May, was very excited this morning. I was still waking up, and uh, just when I opened the door, she was like, Happy Father's Day! And she gave me a card, uh, so it was a great start to the morning. Um, We have been looking at a few stories in the Gospels where people, uh, people like you, people like me, Uh, experience an encounter with Jesus and are dramatically changed. And so we've been giving some thought to uh, how the experience of encountering Jesus, meeting with him, being impacted by him in some way can actually change us to make us more like him. So there's a lot of stories in the Gospels where we see this kind of thing happening. And often we see people changing slowly over time as they journey with Jesus, like the disciples. But sometimes we see people dramatically change through one life-altering experience with Jesus. And today we're talking about one of these more radical encounters. Today we're going to talk about the story of Zacchaeus. So this is probably a familiar one for many of us. Um, maybe you, you know some songs about Zacchaeus, or uh, I remember the, those uh, felt flannel board things of Zacchaeus. That's what I remember as a kid. Um, but before we jump into the story, let me just pray. Holy Spirit, thank you uh, for stories like this one we're about to read. Thank you for the ways we can discover that Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever. And Jesus still works today. And Jesus, you're alive and well. And so, Holy Spirit, would you open our minds, open our hearts to receive from you this morning? Uh, Would you feed us through your word, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll turn with me, we're in Luke 19, and I'm going to read verses 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho, and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass by that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people 
were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. The word of the Lord. So this story is only 10 verses, uh, but there's a lot happening there. And at first glance, it's hard to notice everything going on. Jesus comes along, he says, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming over. The people are grumbling. Zacchaeus is repenting. And then Jesus blesses him with salvation and calls him a true son of Abraham. It's like, what just happened? How did that all occur in 10 verses? First, I think there's a few things we can note about Zacchaeus. The first thing that we hear about him is that he's short. We won't hold that against him. It's not his fault. Um, What is his fault is he's a tax collector for the Romans. So he is a Jew. He's a son of Abraham. But he's been hired by the Romans to tax the Jewish people, his own people. And not only that, but he was also clearly quite good at working for Rome, since at some point they promoted him to become chief tax collector. Finally, we learn that Zacchaeus has a reputation among the people, not for being short, but for being a notorious sinner. And with this little bit of context, I think the story becomes quite a bit more radical. So let's think for a moment about what Zacchaeus was like. Why did he have this reputation? Here's a few things I think we can assume from the text. First, we can assume that Zacchaeus was willing to betray others, his people, his friends, his family, for personal gain. He'd become rich through exploitation, through taking more than he needed to take for the tax and keeping what was left over for himself. And on the surface, at least, he seems to care only about himself. Now, I think it's helpful for us to think of someone in our minds um, that could be maybe a, a modern comparison to Zacchaeus. But this is someone who you think of as corrupt or morally bankrupt. So someone who has become rich through the suffering of others. Someone you would look at and dismiss easily. Someone who you think could never change. That's Zacchaeus. This is a bad dude. He's someone you don't really want to be around. You want to keep your distance from him. And then Jesus shows up and messes with all our ideas about who gets to receive his blessing and his grace. And so to to guide us this morning, we're going to focus on the theme of blessing. And in this story, Jesus carries a blessing, and he bestows it on the unlikely person, Zacchaeus. And in response to this, Zacchaeus turns around, and he blesses the poor, and he blesses those that he has sinned against. And so I want to ask a a few questions this morning about blessing in this story. So the big question is, what is the blessing of Jesus in this story? 
That's the first thing we're going to think about. And then to follow up, I want to ask, how does Zacchaeus receive this blessing of Jesus? And how does the crowd miss this blessing? Because there, there are some people in the story who don't come away blessed. And we'll get into that a little bit too. So first, what is the blessing of Jesus? I think there's a few parts to it. The first thing we discover in this story is that Jesus is actually seeking out Zacchaeus by name. Jesus is on his way through Jericho. He's headed for Jerusalem. People are excited. They're gathering around him. And he looks up. He sees Zacchaeus. And he calls to him by name. So he doesn't approach the tree that Zacchaeus is in and say, Hey, are you okay? <laughs> Why? Why are you in a tree? Um, what are you doing there? He already knows who Zacchaeus is. And he has actually been searching for him. And this gets picked up in the last line of the story. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus was actually seeking Zacchaeus by name. Jesus is demonstrating here that he is the good shepherd. He leaves the 99 to seek after the one. Jesus was after Zacchaeus, and he ignored the crowds of people around him so that he could bring holy transformation into one life. And this is the first part of the blessing of Jesus. He is always seeking us out by name. If we are looking for Jesus, then he is looking for us. And I think of what Zacchaeus must have felt when Jesus knew his name. The king of kings knows me by name. I honestly think that the blessing could have stopped right there. I think Jesus, knowing Zacchaeus' name, might have been enough on its own to transform him. But Jesus doesn't stop there. There's more to his blessing than just knowing our names. The next thing he does is he calls Zacchaeus down and he invites himself over as a guest. Some cultural context is helpful here. Uh, as Jesus says, I must be a guest in your home, the assumption is he's coming over to share a meal with Zacchaeus at his house. And in the Jewish culture, sharing a meal together is much more than... Uh, it's about much more than food. It's about friendship. So who you were gathered around the table with would communicate who you related to, who you considered yourself connected to. And this is why Jesus is always getting in trouble, because he's eating and drinking with the wrong kinds of people. And so the table is a sacred place of connection and friendship. So think of all the time we spend around the table in our lives. I hope you still eat around a table. Um, but so much of life, and particularly our connections with other people, they happen around the table. It's still true today. And so Jesus is in essence saying, Zacchaeus, I want to be your friend. I want to have a relationship with you. Jesus is not interested in just having us watch and observe him from a distance. He says, get down from that tree. Jesus is after a relationship with us. He wants to eat with us. 
So knowledge about Jesus is good. Learning about him is good. Seeing him, observing him, watching what he does, that's all good. But it's relational connection to Jesus that has the power to transform our lives. Knowing him personally and relationally, that's what is eternal life. Jesus said, knowing me is eternal life. So think about who sits at your table most often. For me, it's the people closest to you, right? It's those in the inner circle. Jesus wants to be that close and that connected to us. He wants an invite to our table. And now I think there's at least one more dimension of blessing, uh, the blessing of Jesus in this story. And that's this. Where other people see a notorious sinner, Jesus sees a lost son. All that people can see about Zacchaeus is his sin. They can't see anything past that. But Jesus sees behind and through all of Zacchaeus' wrongdoing to the real person. And this gets picked up in the last two verses. I'm just going to read them for us again, verse 9 and 10. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. So if we put these two thoughts together, Jesus is seeking the lost, which we know is Zacchaeus in this story. And he calls Zacchaeus a true son of Abraham, a real part of God's holy family, Israel. Jesus does not see Zacchaeus as the sum of his worst sins. He sees him as a lost son needing to be found. And this is what gets expressed when he says, salvation has come to this home today. Jesus doesn't see what other people see. Jesus doesn't see us the way we often see ourselves. He doesn't see us according to our sins. We can often have an impoverished view of ourselves. We can also often have an impoverished view of others. And Jesus doesn't see others according to their faults either. Jesus looks at people differently than we do. And when we believe in how he sees us and how he sees others, that's when our lives dramatically change. So what is the, the blessing of Jesus in this story, if I could sum it up? First, he knows us and calls us by name. Second, he wants a real relationship with us. He wants to be included in our daily lives at our table. And finally, he sees past or beyond our faults and sins and calls us sons and daughters. So this is what Jesus brings to the table. And I think it covers some of the most important aspects of the story. But these actions of Jesus actually get responded to in different ways in the text today. So by Zacchaeus, this blessing of Jesus is received and experienced, but by the crowd, it's rejected and it's missed. And so I want to look at what Zacchaeus does that puts him in a position to receive the blessing of Jesus. The first thing Zacchaeus does is he seeks Jesus out. 
And he goes to get a look at him for himself. So it's very likely someone had told Zacchaeus about Jesus, and maybe even that Jesus hung out with people like him, tax collectors, sinners. But Zacchaeus doesn't settle for that. He wants to go and find out for himself what Jesus is all about. Now Zacchaeus had a lot of reasons to disqualify himself from even looking for Jesus. He was a notorious sinner. His reputation was for his sin, but he doesn't let this disqualify him. He goes looking for Jesus anyway. I think it's worth asking, how often have we disqualified ourselves from even looking for Jesus? The next thing that Zacchaeus does is he doesn't give up when seeing Jesus becomes difficult. Let me just read verse 3 for us again. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Notice the story didn't end right there. It could have, right? He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he couldn't, so he went home. and He gave up. But it goes on to verse 4, and it says, He runs ahead and climbs a tree so that he can see Jesus. This is not a dispassionate seeking of Jesus. He is not being casual here. It was shameful for Jewish men to run. And he's not only running, he's climbing a tree. I'm pretty sure that would have been shameful as well. If we went outside after church and we saw a grown man in one of the trees, we would probably all be a little bit concerned. <laughs> right? But he's, he's not thinking about this. He's thinking about Jesus. And the point is, Zacchaeus keeps looking for Jesus with passion, even when it gets difficult, he doesn't give up. And again, it's worth asking, how many times have I, how many times have we given up on seeing Jesus because it got too difficult? Now finally, Zacchaeus receives both Jesus and the new identity that Jesus offers him with great joy. I'm going to read from verse 6. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Zacchaeus is not reluctant to receive the gift of the presence of Jesus. So people are murmuring and grumbling about who Zacchaeus is, but he doesn't listen to them or pay attention to them. And the awesome thing about Zacchaeus is he's not paying attention to other people, and he's not fixated or focused on himself either. He's paying total attention to Jesus. And he's allowing this invitation of Jesus, what Jesus is offering him, to be the loudest voice in his life, the thing that demands the most attention. He's not meditating on all of his sins or on the opinions of others or their words about him. His eyes are fixed on Jesus. And what's the result? While other people are busy calling him a notorious sinner, Zacchaeus says this to Jesus. I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. How did that happen? 
Zacchaeus heard and agreed with Jesus' opinion about who he was. What we do flows directly out of who we believe ourselves to be. And many times we get stuck trying to change what we do without changing who we believe we are. And if we believe in our hearts that we're notorious sinners, we will behave in a way that matches that identity. But if we actually believe in our hearts that we are sons and daughters of the Creator King, then we will live in a way that matches it. Brennan Manning said it this way, Faith is the courage to accept acceptance. And Zacchaeus shows us this. Jesus accepted Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus received that with joy. How does a person who has been loved and accepted by the King of Kings behave? They lay their lives at the feet of Jesus. They bless others. They bless the poor. They bless and make amends with people they've wronged. And Jesus says of these that they have received salvation because their actions have proven that they are in fact sons and daughters. That brings us to the last question this morning, which is how does the crowd manage to miss this blessing? So Jesus has been blessed. He's fulfilling his mission, finding the lost sheep of Israel and being received with joy by Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus has absolutely been blessed, right? He's been welcomed. He's been embraced by his creator. His whole life has transformed. But there's a third party in this story that doesn't come away blessed, and that's the crowd. In verse 7, it says this, But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. This is scary stuff. I think this is scary stuff. It's scary to me that it's possible to be this close to such an incredible encounter with Jesus and still come away displeased and grumbling. But I think sadly this happens all too easily. And first it happens whenever we fixate or focus on the sin and wrongdoing of other people. This is when we are maximizing the flaws of others and minimizing our own. And it quickly becomes what Jesus described, where we're focusing on the speck that we see in someone else's eye. But all the while, we're ignoring the log that's in our own. And the log is pride, judgment, condemnation. And it's a log that keeps us from receiving the blessing of Jesus. Now, the other way that I think this blessing gets missed in this story is by keeping a safe distance from Jesus. Oh, that was a funny cartoon. Dude, you've got a speck in your eye. (laughs) Keeping a safe distance from Jesus. This is what the crowd did. It's settling for knowledge about Jesus, but stopping short of a personal encounter with him around the table. If the crowd had encountered Jesus personally, 
for themselves, then they would have understood what he was doing in the life of Zacchaeus. They would have known that Jesus is the good shepherd, seeking the lost sheep of Israel. But they completely missed the point because they were content to marvel at Jesus from a distance and never allow him to get to know them by name. And who really gets hurt by all of this? Whether it's focusing on the wrongs of others or keeping our distance from Jesus, it's the crowd that leaves the story with their hearts unchanged. When we focus on the sins of others and when we keep our distance from Jesus, we are the ones who come away grumbling and displeased. We miss the blessing that Jesus is so willing to bestow. So while the crowd focuses on Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus focuses on Jesus. While the crowd is keeping their distance, Zacchaeus welcomes Jesus into his life. While the crowd is displeased and grumbling, Zacchaeus is filled with excitement and joy. While the crowd is pointing out Zacchaeus' sin, Zacchaeus is repenting and righting his wrongs. And while the crowd goes away with hearts unchanged, Zacchaeus goes away with the blessing of Jesus. And this morning, the blessing of Jesus is available to us. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources to help further your study throughout the week, you can go to vbchurch.ca forward slash sermons.